There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. We call it Questions from the Audience, and it is being recorded on February 16th, 2021 from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am Timothy Michael McKernan, and in the world headquarters, ladies and gentlemen, that is Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle, Sauce Boss. Hello, Jackson. What up? What up? Uh, Action Jackson, um, the people were very grateful for your emergency turnaround of a TMA best of for the snowstorm in St. Louis in which all of the KFNS programming was uh, was a best of for all of the local shows on uh, on Monday, February 15th. So tip of the cap to you, sir. Dropping everything on Saturday and coming in and turning it around. Look at you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. I appreciate all the listeners who enjoyed it. Uh, it's, I'm happy to do it. Like I said on the radio today, it's, uh, something that needed to be done. So I did it and I'm glad everyone enjoyed it. And I'm glad we were back live today to do a live broadcast. Are you just available at any time? Legitimately? Yes. Like <laughs> I, I was saying that to, to my wife, I said, I, and I, and by the way, here's the thing I'm noticing. And I don't know if you're noticing it. Uh-huh. Um, I was about to say, I, I, because I, I start things and then I never finish the thought, so I'm going to try to commit <laughs> to finishing the thought. Oh, yeah. Then I'll get to what I was about to say. I was saying to Anna Marie, I said, I really just couldn't feel better about Jackson in the role he's in, and I'm so enthused by it. Like, considering a variety of different circumstances, for you to come in and, and be the first person to apply on top of it, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then be able to do the, the work that you're doing and have the enthusiasm for it and the availability and the attitude and all of these things, it's incredible. But as I've said multiple times, because I know that, you know, the, the, the kind of the way it works, yeah. it's almost like a political party. If, if Joe Biden speaks highly of somebody, yeah. then that means conservatives, some conservatives, not all, yeah. will then automatically have a negative opinion of the person. If, former president trump were to speak highly of somebody than than democrats or some democrats would automatically have so it's that kind of thing so i'm careful to praise you for as much as internally when like doug and i talk or if i'm bsing with like i was playing golf with uh, michael wellington a couple days ago he's what's the what's the deal with this new guy and i go you mean action jackson i go he's 22 but he's been listening to the show for how long seven eight years something like yeah that? about seven so he's he's just incredible. I said, but I don't want to talk about how high I am. Not be, not because you'll get a big head, but because I don't want the audience to just hate him just because I <laughs> like him. So I, 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 I tread lightly um, with the sh- with the thoughts on TMA and and social media. In this case, if you're listening to this podcast, you have a higher percentage of being on board with me than if you're just like listening to TMA or social media. In other words, you have to go out of your way to hear me. So mm-hmm. so anyway, I'm I'm but every time I said to to my wife, I said, anytime I need to do anything, if it's a sound story, if it's I gotta cut a commercial for the station real quickly and they just sent me copy, if I want to do a podcast, whatever, 
he's available. Yeah. And I love it, but at the same time, I'm thinking, what the hell is this guy doing with himself? Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate the the kind words. I really do. Uh, I love this job. It's incredible. It makes me like gracious of all the jobs I was turned down from uh, after I got out of college. I didn't I, know you were turned down for a bunch of, what were you turned just, down? Just, you know, like you send in an application, they're like, we're not hiring or, you know, you have an interview, it doesn't work out. Um, I had that with the American Junior Golf Association, actually. Really? Uh, last year, last year, about this time, I went down to Atlanta, Georgia for a whole weekend with like 90 other potential, uh, it was an internship. Um, and they like only kept 48 or something, so about half. And I didn't make the cut, which was, <laughs> I had to do a lot. I mean, I flew down to Atlanta, did like a three-day thing. They were really great. I really enjoyed it. It was a great learning experience, but kind of sucked because I didn't get the gig. But it makes me happy because I got to do this. And as far as my availability, uh, COVID is a big part of it. Like, you know. That's, I just, I, that would be my assumption. Yeah. Like, I would probably be doing, like, Saturday, I might have been, like, doing something had it not been COVID. But, like, for real, if Mizzou basketball isn't on, I am legitimately free. Like it's not seven to ten a.m. It's not Tuesday from whenever we do this, or and we or we have a sound story. I am legitimately totally available and happy to do whatever. That's just you know that's part of the part of how I operate. It's just like gotta be available whenever for anything. Well, it's a great thing. I mean, I really do appreciate it. It's certainly yeah. not the expectation, but <laughs> my God, it's it's unbelievable. So the way things played out on Saturday. Um, you know, I was texting, I guess I was texting with you, and I was texting with John Hadley, and then he called me, and it was really unrelated to the weather situation. Mm-hmm. And then he was talking about what the forecast was. He goes, I've been going back and forth about just canceling programming and running best ofs anyway. And I said, well, just, you know, let me know. I mean, I'm, I, I guess my understanding is there has to be a board operator at the radio station in order for us to have live local programming. I think that's the case. In other words, like, like, you know, because I'm, you know, my Comrex unit is at my house, so Mm -hmm. I'm doing the show. So even if I were in St. Louis and it were a blizzard, I can do the show. Mm -hmm. But I believe still you can't have live local programming without a board operator, at least at KFNS. And I think that might be the case across the board. It might be an FCC thing just in case. Yeah. So you have a net in case somebody goes rogue or if (laughs) I drop an F-bomb or whatever the case might be. Yeah. This isn't limited to, to me hosting. It's just, in general, I believe that that's the case. I don't know. So I was thinking, well, I'll just do the show, and, you know, Doug and Iggy and Action Jackson and Rockio can can stay home and not have to worry about driving in, and I'll just do it, but I don't believe that's an option. I think you have to have a board operator. When we're running network programming, that's just syndicated, and that's automated. Mm-hmm. I know that to be the case. Yeah. So, yeah, so anyway, so you drop everything on, I mean, you know, Hadley texted me, you texted me, and I'm like, all right, sounds good. Um, and, you know, you're up there within an hour, like, doing a best of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, took me a while to select which which uh, segments I wanted to put in there. But once I did that, just cut out some live reads, threw them in there uh, in between little clips, and the rest is history. Sent it over to Johnny Lomax, and we got it all taken care of. And uh, like I said, happy to do it, man. And it's if you know Saturdays are even more available for me, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, and I get it. The pandemic, the weather. It's it's a it's a different it's a different yeah it's situation. a different So hopefully, for a wide variety of reasons, this time next year, um, you will not be as available. Yeah, as, that, uh, that as would you be. Are. 
That'd be pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> in, in February of 2021. Yeah. Um, so tip of the cap to you for turning that around. And Appreciate then also uh, we do QFTA right after, usually right after Tuesday's radio show. As has been the case here lately, I feel like I always have a, I'm on a call of some kind. And that was the case uh, today. So thank you for sticking around. I have mm-hmm. a bunch of questions. I am committed to getting to because last week i think i only did fan page questions and this week i want to try to get through the not through the because that makes it sound like i just want to knock them out but i have five questions or is it six questions six questions yeah six questions that i feel can can take us in a variety of directions including a follow-up from the guy who emailed in asking about what porn for him and his wife to watch hell yeah. excites me <laughs> uh so we got we have some uh, good stuff you're always welcome to send in questions Opinions, they don't have to be anything specific. I mean, it's anything. It can be it's 1 a.m. and you're shit-faced and you just have a have a thought. Uh, fire it in. I, th- I feel like that's kind of what a lot of these are. I notice some of these do come late at night. Um, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. The sponsors of the podcast are Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling, Munganast, uh, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, Jim Rogers, Restoration One of Central St. Louis, and James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. And Action Jackson, you know, I've talked about the home loan expert and the home loan expert.com studios, and now is the time to refinance. And I see that Ryan was on the show this morning. He's saving his clients an average of three to $400 a month yeah. on house payments. I Crazy. mean, holy crap. That is huge. It's 5K, 4,500, 5K, whatever it is. What are you, 3,600, 4,800 over the course of a year. I mean, that is, that's big money. Oh, so yeah. just go to the homeloanexpert.com and why not take advantage of that? Because the rates are so low. And then, in addition to that, if you are going to be buying homes, and as it does start to warm up, I know as you're listening to this, there's a good chance it's freezing, but... The market will warm up. It's already hot as it is, but people put their homes on the market, and then they move during the summer when kids can switch schools. You're in a good spot, but it is a seller's market. Get pre-approved with Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert, thehomeloanexpert.com. That's where you can go for refinancing or for pre-approval. Now, on Design Air Heating and Cooling and the great Seth Goldcamp, you can do you can do this spot. But before you do it, because I know what happened with you over uh-huh. the weekend and your family, but yeah. before you do, I want to let our audience know about this. Design Air is offering their free furnace tune-up to hospitality workers. So that's restaurant and bar, casino, hotel, and airline employees are all eligible for the hospitality worker rebate. All of these employees can receive a free furnace tune-up or $400 off a new furnace installation. No strings attached. No purchase necessary. Design Air just wants to thank hospitality workers for their sacrifice. To schedule your free tune-up or to get more information about the rebate, please visit designairservice.com. The promotion runs until March 31st or until funds run out. And Action Jackson, what happened to you over the weekend in your family's home? Yeah, man. Uh, Saturday afternoon, well, it started Friday night. Uh, The heat was dropping rapidly. It got down to like 63 degrees in our home. And uh, we noticed that there was no signal, so that meant the circuit breaker had tripped. We kept turning it off and on uh, and realizing that this was going to be a problem. So my dad immediately called Design Air on Saturday, and they came over. They needed a certain part to fix it. That part wasn't in stock anywhere. I mean, we had, then the panic started, you know, how are we going to get this done? Patrick from Design Air was trying everything he could to 
alleviate this issue. We were planning on staying in a hotel for a couple nights, just not what you want. Luckily, and thankfully, Patrick from Design Air, who is a listener of the show, fan page, great guy, decided that he could get us a replacement part to hold us over. He drives all the way out, far away to go get it, comes back, fixes our heater until it'll hold us over until the part gets there, and literally saved our ass, made the weekend you know, tolerable instead of having to go stay at a hotel, which would have been just not what you want, especially in this weather. And I, me and my family couldn't be more thankful for Patrick, Seth Goldcamp, and everyone over at Design Air Heating and Cooling. They are the best in the business. Yeah, they really are. I mean, that's a real thing. Mm. That's a real thing. Absolutely. It, it just goes out of their, they go out of their way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, because people will contact me, and I, and I invite it. It's not like I'm like, oh, don't contact me, contact me directly, because all I'm doing is then putting the two together, whether it yeah. be a, a Facebook DM or a, an email takes me 10 extra seconds to help out people who listen to the show and then to direct the business to the people who sponsor the show so i'm always happy to do it and it doesn't matter if it's you know take your pick i feel like everybody who's on this uh this podcast i've done it i've connected ryan kelly mark Hanna, seth goldcamp jamie burkhardt for sure uh mungan asked definitely jim rogers had that happen yesterday somebody was saying that their pipes burst mm-hmm. and james carlton my god he's like got a spreadsheet of the the business uh, that we've sent uh, his way, and I love that because, I mean, th- that's the thing about these advertisers. I know them, and I know they're going to take care of our audience. And it'd be a different thing. You know, I mean, listen, sometimes, and sometimes I have to do them on TMA, and I'm not complaining about it. It's how most people who are in our business make money. Very rarely do you actually know first person, the advertiser. I mean, when Howard Stern is reading copy for his advertisers, I can't imagine he's met, you know, even 5% of them. Yeah. Um, so that's the way that it works. There's nothing wrong with that. But in this case, I know all of these people. Um, and I either know them really well or have done business with them or am I am doing business with them. And so there's just another anecdote on uh, design, air, heating, and cooling. And speaking of Munganast and Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson, they have deals for our listeners. Uh, so you let them know you're a Ryan Kelly Morning After listener or a Tim McKernan Show podcast listener, and you've got yourself a deal. For the month of February, you have two choices. St. Louis Acura.com, 2021 RDX SUV all-wheel drive, zero down, zero, 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 zero down. 36-month lease, $374 per month. That's a brand-new car. You get 12,000 miles per year on the lease, and it's zero down, 374 per month. Now, it doesn't include tax title and license. But the bottom line is zero down, three seventy four a month for a brand new car. This is crazy. I mean, listen, I'm happy with the car I have, but you know, if that thing were around. If this deal were around, then I that's probably the direction I would have gone. I'm mm-hmm. not complaining. I wanted to be clear. It's just it's such a great deal. And then at AltonToyota.com, where I got my car, uh, all under this Munganast family of dealerships, um, they have the 2021 Rav4 SUV all wheel drive. That's zero down as well. Zero 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 down. 329 per month, 36-month lease, 12,000 miles per year, plus all tax, title, and license, and or 0% for 60 months financing with, with approved credit to the zero is an extra special Iggy deal from Jamie Burkhardt. AltonToyota.com, StLouisAcura.com, great pre-owned selection. Shop online. It's Munganest, the official automotive dealership of the Tim McKernan Show. All right, let's dig right in, Jack. Before I dig in, i got to say this. My shoulder is acting up again. I feel like surgery is inevitable. I really want to try to get to September. That's my goal. 
I've been researching Jackson mm -hmm. uh, golfers who have had the slap tear surgery. That's what I have. The yeah. I don't know what the what it stands for, um, but I know I have a torn left shoulder labrum, and the tear is a slap tear. Now most of the time it's okay, but every few it's just it's happening more frequently when it, when it, where it's hurting me. And um, so my question is this: to those of you who have had it, what are your thoughts on the experience? Now it's my I'm I'm right-handed. This is my left shoulder. But what was your experience? It's not a pleasant thing. I, and I don't necessarily think it's necessarily a pain thing, although I don't think it's pleasant, so much as a your arm's in a sling for four to six weeks and you really don't have full mobility for a while. And I'm not talking about like a couple of months, longer. So I was researching it last night, and I saw Bo Hostler actually in a golf swing. He dislocated oh, his shoulder because yeah. he had a torn. Are, are you familiar with that one? Yeah, that one was really gross. Ooh. Yeah. But another one was Pat Perez, and he wound up getting it, I think, in 16, in right around this time of year, like so February or March. And then he was back playing and actually won at Mayakoba in November. But he didn't, didn't swing, didn't play on the tour for seven months. Um, but he couldn't swing without pain for five months. So I'm trying to figure out because everything is, is revolving around golf. And I'm trying to figure out what the best time. I'm thinking September would be the best time to get it done. That's what yeah. I'm trying to get to. Because I, I don't really enjoy golf in St. Louis when there are leaves on the ground. That's when I start to go, oh, this sucks. And it's about to get cold and it's awful. Um, now, I know some people say that's the best time of the year weather-wise in St. Louis. And I would agree with that. But as far as golf goes, I just start to get into a dark place because then it <laughs> makes me think of the, the crap. Um, and, uh, and so I'm curious. And then listen, I know I might be reaching of the people who listen to this, like 10 people have had the slap terror. But it's just, it's been on my mind. Oh my God. Because I, I was playing with somebody who has one. Um, I guess I can say who it was. I don't think there's anything. Pete Prinzi who used to be the Cardinal strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, I know I know his wife. Oh, do you really? Yeah, uh, this summer in August, uh, my buddy and uh, a couple of my buddies, uh, one of my buddy's mother, stepmom, has a house in the Ozarks, and his stepmom is close friends with uh, Pete's wife, and so she went along with us, a couple other of the stepmom's friends, and she was wonderful, very nice person. How about that? Yeah, my wife is uh, friends with her, and I've known Pete, obviously, from being around uh, the Cardinals. He's now, he's no longer. He hasn't been for a few couple of years, two or three years, but they live in Jupiter. Um, and I was playing with him, and he has one as well, but he hasn't had it um, operated on. He's just like, yeah, dude, you got to get it done. And he goes, I should have gotten it done, and I'm irritated with myself that I didn't get it done. And I'm like, all right, because I was kind of under the impression I could just, like, grind through it. But it's just really not a way to live. I want to play with my son. He'll, like, we'll be playing catch, you know, whatever version of catch you can do with a three-year-old. And just even a slight movement to my left, like, that I wasn't expecting. And it's like, oh, crap, for the next two days it's going to hurt. It just sucks. So I'm just going to have to – at some point I'm going to have to get it done. I've seen – some of the, you know, doctors, God, I think like six doctors in St. Louis. I know I'm going to have to get it done, even though they, some of them are like, ah, oh, you won't have to get it done. It seems like it's done well. It responded really well to a cortisone shot last January. 
but you want to limit the amount of cortisone shots. I haven't had one in 13 months. May get one more and then get the, the slap tear surgery. So anyway, that's what I got going on, and that's what's on my mind at this particular moment. So that's just a digression. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, Jackson, you can time code that slap tear. Listen only if you've had a slap tear and want to email Tim about it. Otherwise, skip ahead. All right, Tim and Pringsy. I'm the nerd who has been DMing you. This is me, I believe, unless he's been DMing you as well, Action Jackson. I get some DMs. Uh, about certain Civil War tidbits when brought up on the show or in QFTA the last couple of weeks. Uh, this was sent in a while ago. I'm going, I'm backlogging to get into the questions that I haven't <laughs> answered yet. I'm so fa- This was sent on January 18th, almost a month ago. I'm so fascinated by the history of the war and especially the role Missouri played in helping secure Union victory. Anyway, I always feel kind of bad for messaging you about it, uh, for I know you'll respond in some way. I keep thinking to myself that I know you're busy. You have a wife and kid and all the other things going on in your life that I haven't a clue about and how I shouldn't bother you with such idiotic things such as this, yet I can't help myself, and that's why I will apologize profusely to you for bothering you. So here's my question. Is there a particular reason you feel the need to respond to everyone that messages you, or am I wrong in thinking you respond to everyone? Hope this question makes sense. Thanks for your time, sir. Always enjoy TMA and QFTA. Keep up the great work, Pringsy. You have been a great addition to the show and the podcast. That's Jake Knott from Kirkwood. Appreciate it, Jake. Yeah, Action Jackson, you're starting to get your uh, some lemmings, uh, which is great to see. Um, yeah, I actually have a direct answer on this. Um, I think it was about 20 years ago, Mark Cuban was doing an interview. Or I was reading an interview he had done, and he was asked a question about responding to emails. And he said, um, yeah, I respond to everyone. I can't imagine he still does. Maybe he does. I don't know. Um, And he goes, I just feel like it's just the right thing to do. It's a kind of a common courtesy thing. So that's where I got it from. It's that simple. And and as I've discovered here, Jackson, over the last week, Mm -hmm. that I have my DMs open on Twitter, but if I, I don't get them all, I mean, I get them, but I guess they're in a different folder if I don't file follow people so i so i have this whole message request thing that goes back to god i'm scrolling down through it now and it keeps like reloading into 2019 june of 2019 and i just haven't answered it and i feel and i really it bothers me even though i'm sure it most people don't even think twice about it and then on facebook if we're not facebook friends and people dm me that doesn't show up so i have to like go into a different file of message requests to see that as well and so I'm going to spend some time here over the next couple of days. And it, it, now that I've discovered this over the last, and I've just been knocking them out just to apologize to people for not responding. I don't think there's anything heroic about it. I, th- I think it's just, you know, if, if somebody, if I sent somebody um, a message, I would want to hear back, even if it was just thank you for the message. So, you know, like we used to give Charlie Marlowe shit about how he likes every single tweet that includes his name. Uh-huh. But his reason isn't because he quote literally likes the tweet it's to let the person know that he saw the tweet um and so in this case if somebody writes something directly to me i will respond now if they title it qfta i am operating on the premise that it is for this podcast and not expecting a response outside of possibly being addressed on on the podcast 
But I just think, again, I don't want to say I think it's the right thing to do because then I feel like I'm kind of taking some kind of self-indulgent moral high ground. And that's not it. It's not it at all. It's, I know I would want that if, if I were if I were the person sending the message, but then secondarily, I just think it's good business for lack of a better term. I think it's, you know, these are the people who, you know, make all, have made all of this possible. And, you know, if they want to ask a question, why wouldn't I take the time to answer it? Now I do have to differentiate, even though I'm probably talking to, you know, less than even 1%, when I have people who are, you know, clearly just trying to harass, that's yeah. a different deal. But if somebody is asking a you know, question in good faith or just want to express an opinion, good or bad, whatever, um, you know, just to say thank you for the message, whatever, that's that's what I do. A lot of times the messages will be super long and I, I can't possibly, you know, answer with the same volume yeah but i you know want to want to make sure people know i read it and if they want to follow up they're more than welcome to and i want people to contact me anytime there was something this past week where somebody goes hey is tim i just posted on the fan page is tim and his family moved to florida permanently and and i dm'd the guy because i happened to see it like right when it up when within two minutes of it going up and i said hey man just want to let you know if you ever have any questions about you know, me, <laughs> ask me. Yeah. You know, don't ask the 7,000 people who aren't me. Ask me. You can DM me. You can email me if you're really, truly curious about it. And I guess sometimes I think things are posted, whether it be on Twitter or Facebook, or just for the purpose of, like, creating a discussion. They don't really want an answer, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you yeah. apparently feel passionately about that. Well, people, yeah, people... Instead of like going to a source that they know they can get the answer, they'd rather, you know, create some dialogue between people who don't have the answer. And so that's that's kind of like, yeah, maybe I like snuffed out his fire and like it was going to be like, yeah, fuck him for moving to Florida. I don't know. I don't know. Because I know that 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 was that's where the hashtag unrelatable thing came from. Uh-huh. Um, that I was living in uh, Florida during the winter and that made me unrelatable, um, according to, you know. Um, one person who <laughs> complained to uh, station ownership, and I really appreciate that that person went to station ownership, especially since I know the person, that person went to station ownership and complained about it, um, as opposed to you know expressing it to me and having a conversation about it. Um, but anyway, n- neither here nor there. Um, I, 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 want, I want people to feel comfortable anytime, especially even if it's something that they, you know, might be like, oh, this might come off as a negative thing, but I really want to have a better understanding of it. I feel like that could help us, you know, people to un- understand situations better in a major way. And I want that. I enjoy that. That is, I would much rather take, I don't even know what it would wind up being, an hour of my week to be able to communicate directly with people and then to set the record straight, so to speak, as opposed to, you know, seeing things pop up. And I'm like, well, that's not true. And it can come off as uh, he doth protest too much when in reality, I'm just trying to set the record straight. So I like the questions. We made fun of the DMs back in the day. I don't get them anymore. When people would DM me Jackson and say something along the lines of, hey, um, you know, I know the Blues have a playoff game tonight. You don't know anybody who has any tickets. And it was so obvious what was going yeah. on. And I got those. And I don't want to say I got like hundreds of them, but I it, it got to the point where it was so noticeable 
that I'm just like, okay, we got to have a conversation about this. And then the cat said something that he would deal with it too. Like people would just assume he had like tickets because he worked on Cardinal telecast. So that was the bigger issue. Answering questions. I actually enjoy it. Um, and yeah. I, and I'd like to think I get back to him pretty quickly. Uh, all right. Next question, Tim, with the growth in local sports podcasts, Jay Jr. with Klaibs Online and Bernie and Raby and Martin and Marlo joining Scoops with Danny Mac. I would love to hear you share what you can about their growth and why you did or did not pursue them for your own podcast. Network regards, Matt in Eureka. Um, well, I don't, I guess this, I guess this is, would fall into the category of answering a question that may help explain things better. So I think one of the core because no, still, Jackson, no one has written in answering the question that I ask every week on the podcast, why do you hate me? <laughs> <laughs> can't get, I can't get it. I think my theory is, is people believe I am to blame for whether it be the cat, the plowhawk, Pete... Um, I guess if you want to go back a few years, the Sea Monster, I don't know, for them not being on the show. I think that's it. I th- or anything that goes on with the show, they think I'm responsible for it. And, I, and I, in a way, I understand it just because Inside STL does own the content of the show. But Inside STL doesn't pay, G- doesn't you, as you know, Inside STL doesn't pay you, doesn't pay Doug, doesn't pay Iggy, doesn't pay um, Matt Rocchio doesn't pay the plowhawk when he was uh, part of the show, doesn't pay the cat, doesn't pay the sea monster. Um, for the first, I think the exact math would be 16 months of the podcast, so my podcast and the cat's podcast, Inside STL did pay the cat and the sea monster, the sea monster for producing, the cat for the cat chat. Um but at the end of 2018, I'm doing this math from memory, so I might be off by a year, but I know I started this podcast in October of 2017. At the end of 2018, Randy Markell, who owns KFNS, um, came to me and said, uh, and, I, and I got it, by the way. I don't, I don't, you know, to me it made 100% sense. He's paying me. I'm under contract, but my contract specifically allowed for me to have a podcast and to sell it. So now here I am under contract and making money, but I am selling, quote unquote, against the radio station. Now I'm not selling against the radio station by definition, like the literal word against, but I'm selling a product and they're selling a product, but they're paying me. And so what his solution was, was to uh, put the podcast, my podcast and the cat's podcast under the same licensing agreement that TMA is under, and that is Inside STL owns the content. So, you know, if, like, for example, you hear clips from when we were at 920 or 1380, well, why? Because Inside STL has owned the content since 2010. Same with the podcast. So wherever we are, the archives of the show go with us. Uh So that's the same thing for the podcast. So then the cat started getting paid for the podcast. The Seamaster started getting paid for the podcast. When the Seamaster left, Iggy started getting paid for the podcast. When Pete came along, he started getting paid for the podcast. So it was part of the compensation package. Um, so Inside STL does not pay anybody. But I think 
some of the confusion stems from, well, if Inside STL owns it, then Inside STL must be responsible when they're not on the show or they're no longer on the show. And so, like, when the cat and the cat and I bullshit either on the phone or text, like, at least once a week, if not more. And he said, yeah, it's funny. Somebody said, I'm surprised you still talk to Tim. Like, Why wouldn't <laughs> I? <laughs> so crazy. But, but, I mean, but at the same time, if they think that I fired him, I could see that, you know. Yeah, I hear that. Um, Chris Denman from We Are Alive, uh, who was part of the station KFNS with the very beginning, and he was on 920 when we were there, and has We Are Alive and still has that going, and he's grown it, tip of the cap to him. Um, I saw him, I think he was at KFNS because he was, like, um, working with a comedian who was in town per- performing at Helium, if I'm not mistaken. That's when I saw him. This was probably a year or two ago. And he goes, yeah, it's funny. People are like, yeah, you still, you know, talk to Tim. You pissed at Tim. And he knows what happened. You know, I mean, he knows that's the thing. So when there's something does happen, it's, you know, people I'd like to think are aware of, you know, the circumstances. I understand how the audience is. And I'm not in a spot. I mean, I guess I am in a spot where I could say something, but it just wouldn't make sense for me to, you know, go public when I don't know I don't know really what's accomplished by that but anyway specific to this question that's the background on it so I don't really have a podcast network that's that I am I'm I'm licensing out the content of my podcast I call it a podcast network so I don't blame anybody for thinking that I guess when we started it well I don't guess I know it was when we started it in 2017 the vision was to have my podcast, the Cats podcast, potentially some other podcasts. But then, you know, we started gaining some traction with advertisers and audience. And understandably, I get it. I mean, listen, if, I, if, I'm, in, if I'm in Randy's position or if I'm in, in the ownership, whether it's corporate or an independent, so, you know, whether it be a, a Camo X, which is owned by Intercom, or 101, which is owned by Hubbard, or KTRS, which is a locally owned radio station, independent, and you're paying people, and then all of a sudden, now that person is doing their own show and selling advertising, I can see how that gets into a, a gray area, so to speak. Now, some places might be fine with it. Some might not. I don't know. My approach when we were at 920 was, because I remember like Derek Gould and Joe Strauss were asking, hey, do you mind if we do hits on, I think Derek might have been doing them on 101 and uh, 550 and i know joe was doing stuff on 550 i said hey make as much money as you can um as far as radio hits go like it wouldn't impact what they were doing with the radio station podcast would be a different situation i think because you want that to be proprietary but then also you you know you pay people a premium for it you pay the the talent a premium for them to at least that's my that's my view for their content to be exclusive to you so then you can monetize it assuming there is an advertising market for the content you don't pay people who aren't going to you know you're not going to be able to monetize their content might sound harsh but that's that's business that's got nothing to do with radio or personal it's just if there there isn't an audience why would you just pay people so um so i'm not in a position to do that um so that just just to just to clarify uh, and I have no idea what the financial situations are of, I'm not privy to them, nor even if I were, I wouldn't talk about them, but I'm not privy to them of, of these, um, of whether it be Mike Claiborne's thing, who I was supposed to play golf with today, but it's uh, raining down here. Um, and uh, and Dan McLaughlin, who works with me on Sound Story. So, um, God bless, I think, well, Bernie's writing for Scoops with Danny Mac. Yeah. He's doing a show for KFNS. Uh-huh. Um, 
And Raby is definitely, I've been on his podcast on Scoops with Danny Mac. And Martin and Marlo are on Scoops with Danny Mac. Jennings is doing uh, a golf uh, podcast once a week on Klabe's Online. That's my understanding. Am I leaving anything out? That's what the email said, but I want to make sure I'm not, because people can take it as, oh, you didn't include so-and-so. Why don't you like so-and-so? And And I just try to eliminate that by addressing everything out of the gate, because in reality, I don't really spend a whole lot of time (laughs) thinking about any of this unless I'm asked about it. It's just, it's not my business. I don't think about... 101 i don't think about kmox i don't think about ktrs or not i'm not involved there so yeah uh ben fred does a podcast with them too that's right ben fred does like fridays yeah he does every and friday I, and ben and i were ta- texting a bunch over the weekend and that's the thing you know it sometimes pops up here and there um and you're super new to it and, and jackson you might be so young you don't remember there you it's the thing i mean that's the root of the rabies a fraud thing even though i'm friends with the guy uh and play shit play golf with him quite a bit um and if he were down here we certainly would be playing he's an atm for me (laughs) but uh that um what used to go on in radio and i don't know if it does any i don't think it does anymore like the hashtag radio wars i don't think that goes on and i think the root of it is um that now you can because i've heard stern interview jimmy fallon Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel about this, about, oh, what do you think? You know, he's got Kimmel on. I know he has a friendship with. What do you think about, you know, Jimmy Fallon or Stephen Colbert? You know, do you worry about the ratings? And like, no, I don't. Because it, because, you know, if, if it's not, it's not 1995 where you're either watching Jay Leno or David Letterman, you can watch all of our shows and most people aren't watching live anymore anyway. Yeah. So I think that's it. I also think, and maybe I'm off on this, that the personalities are different. You know, Don Imus's personality, who Stern was at war with, is a different personality than, at least I think, I mean, what the fuck do I know? I don't know any of these people. I haven't even met any of them. Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert, and uh, Jimmy Kimmel, they just have different personalities. And I'd include Letterman in, in, the, in the, you know, different kind of personality. Yeah. Um, so Fallon, Kimmel, and Colbert, I think, or I just don't think that's necessarily their makeup, but at the same time, I don't know if that's necessarily DNA so much as environment. So anyway, like Bernie and I, we've, we we talked about it when I was on his show, but we've texted about it. You know, I texted with, I wished him happy birthday yesterday, as a matter of fact. I texted with him last week. But even when he was doing a show opposite TMA, I wasn't like, nor was the cat or dog or anybody involved with TMA. We're like, oh, well, Bernie's doing this. We just didn't even think about it. But it's not because we're like, oh, we're better. It's just it had no impact on what we did in any way. And if Bernie had something that was newsworthy opposite of us, i.e. the Eric Grubman interview, we talked about it. And to me, that, that, that's just logical. Like if you have something that is huge and everybody in the market's talking about, it would be disingenuous to not discuss it. So... Um, I'm glad that that stuff doesn't exist. At least, it, if it does exist, I'm not really aware of it, and and it, it certainly doesn't exist from the people who are, you know, I think doing okay. Um, and that's a good thing because it did used to exist, and it was always this kind of a, I don't know what the right word for it would be, just not the way you would really want to go about 
living where you're like, oh, this guy's fighting with this guy, so I can't talk with this guy because then the other guy will think I'm friends with him and he'll be mad at me. And it's just like we're doing a fucking radio show. I mean, it's not like this is Crips and Bloods. No, but yeah. that's kind of how it uh, That's kind of how it was. So anyway, to answer the, the question about uh, podcast networks, um, I love seeing it. I love seeing it. The more people who have an opportunity and the more um, you know, forums for talented people to uh, be able to express and you know create god bless america so good for mike claiborne good for dan mclaughlin good for jennings and bernie and raby and ben fred and martin kilcoin charlie marlowe and dan mclaughlin um god bless america and if i left anybody out it was not an intentional slight i would like that to be uh crystal clear uh hey tim like many listeners, I primarily podcast like the Dickens, and I fully admit that I know nothing about the radio slash podcast business and what it takes to sustain or grow an audience or how to monetize that with advertising or direct listener support. With the incredible recent advances in technology, I would suspect that some barriers to entry like equipment, studios, and signals are diminishing rapidly. One of the main things I enjoy about TMA is the audience interaction between the hosts and texters, emailers, and callers. I was wondering if you have ever considered trying to recreate that host-slash-audience magic with a podcast by using a platform such as Stereo. Uh, and then he uh, includes a link to Stereo. It would seem to me that using a platform like this would allow some authentic real-time audience interaction, which makes a lot of TMA so special. Again, I'm enjoying the show. That's from Not Caller Adam. Well, it's a great question because there are so many different ways now to um, do a show and communicate with the audience. And stereo is what I would have, I'll have to look up stereo, but I'm aware of a bunch of different ones. We've, we've certainly discussed it, looked into it, um, and we'll see which direction we wind up going. But um, that's, that's just a great thing that this is going on now, that you can um, broadcast in real time because one of the concerns and this was a couple of years ago with just going 100 percent podcast was that it would you know essentially eliminate now this is two years ago different story now but it would essentially eliminate the live interaction with the audience and that's a huge part of the show and so i was against that and and listen the the biggest piece of the puzzle anytime you're making a decision like that is financial that's that's what it is for any business but secondarily it was that the live interaction with the audience so now you know this is something we looked into we've been looking into continue to look into and the ability to live stream through whatever app i don't want to say through whatever app but it's just, it's just something that you can do now and um it's exciting. It's that's just the the leverage has gone from the platform providers to the content creators, and by that I mean if you have a following, you don't necessarily need to have an employer. Yeah, and that is exciting there's no other word for it i feel like this uh, question comes up you know a couple times a month in every i mean even just in the last few days there's a, there's a new one and by new one i mean a new app that you know people you know uh text me about and get excited about so uh, it's just it's 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 really it's it's an exciting time and um 
and I'm thrilled that, that, that this is the case. I'll look into stereo, but it, but I would want to make this clear to people that it's not like you only need one. I mean, it, and by that I mean there are a variety of different options, and that's the thing that's so exciting um, if you're in you know in, in the position that we are now. Uh, it does just because you do a show that doesn't mean that it's going to work. It always goes down to comes down to the ability to have an audience and then the mobilization of that audience with TMA. We have been on a variety of different stations. The audience follows us. That's that's that that's not even something we think about. The thing that we have thought about is, you know, going 100% digital if that's the direction that we choose to go, and what that looks like. And you know, like I said a couple of years ago, ah, I'm not interested in it mainly because we wouldn't be able to do it live. And that takes away a big part of the thing that I think we as hosts and producers and the audience love about the show, and that is the live interaction with the audience and things such as leaf blowers and, <laughs> and how they can occasionally make cameos during a broadcast, and we would hate to lose, to lose that. So uh, not call Adam. You're exactly right. Um, it's exciting. There's so many... So many different things now, and God, it's just, it's happened so. And I, I say happened like it's stopped in its past tense. It's happening, it's happening, and this time next year, which is so weird, man. But I know as I'm sitting here on February sixteenth, two thousand twenty-one, that what the landscape is now will look different, even on August sixteenth, much less a year from now. And it's it's a good thing. Um, I suppose if you just want to do this type of stuff as a hobby, you can certainly do it. Um, but if you do have a following, it really does allow you to you know control your own um, destiny and um, control your own content and how you distribute it. And that's an exciting thing. So. Um, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to see it, uh, and, and and the live streaming element of it is uh, super important to uh, us for at least for for TMA. Uh, now here, Action Jackson is the follow up. Remember last week's email from the gentleman who was emailing in about he and his wife watching uh, porn together. Yep. But but he wanted a recommendation. And so we read the email, and then we went, wound up going into uh, some more specifics. So he has followed up, um, and we'll have that for you momentarily. But before we do, I would like to tell our audience about Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. I was uh, every, uh, every 1st and 15th of each month, I just kind of update all of my stuff, for lack of a better term. And, uh, and I was thinking to myself, I wish I was doing this when I was, I wish I was doing this when I was 22, Jackson. That's what I wish I was doing, just to, to know where I am and then to see where things are and then to be able to communicate with my financial advisor as to why things are doing what they're doing and maybe we should do this or maybe we should do that, especially now where, I mean, whether it be with Wall Street bets on Reddit or whether it be with take your pick of whatever crypto that you're messing around with or thinking about messing around with. It's, it's 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 a different game, and to be able to lean on somebody about that that is huge, um, and that's why I just I'm such an advocate for a, a financial advisor, and not just anybody. Mark Hanna Evergreen Wealth Strategies is the one I recommend. Mark Hanna Evergreen STL dot com is where you can find him, and he helps everyday people. Every day, producer Joe is now a Mark Hanna 
Evergreen Wealth Strategies uh, client, and I recommend Mark to our audience. Uh, he has more than 20 years of experience in the financial services industry. He's just a good guy, uh, and um, and he'll take great care of you. And to be able to just email or text somebody and, and get you know just a little uh, tip on something, that's absolutely huge. You just can't put a dollar value on it. And, and really, the opportunity cost lost, if you don't, um, is something to think about as well. So uh, make sure that uh, that you have somebody. And Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies is the person I recommend. Evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Uh, Jim Rogers, Restoration One of Central St. Louis. Uh, dot com. That's where you can find him online at Restoration One of Central St. Louis. com. If you are having any issues, pipes bursting, you need to get cleaned up there at your house with the cold weather. That's what Jim Rogers will do. Water damage assessment and dry out of your home. 314-888-5266. That's 314-888-5266. For water damage assessment and the dry out of your home. For moisture assessment using thermal imaging. For sewer backup cleanup, mold remediation, fire and smoke damage, cigarette and pet odor elimination, storm damage. The board up at Tarping of Roofs. Jim Rogers, Restoration 1 of Central St. Louis.com. We had issues. Jim Rogers is the one who saved the day. 314 888 5266 Jim Rogers Restoration 1 of Central St. Louis Restoration 1 of Central St. Louis.com So for example do you listen to the No Laying Up uh, podcast Jackson Uh every once in a while like around the Masters I like to listen to it or like any major tournament but I don't listen to it regularly but I I'm well aware I follow them on Twitter too they're a great Twitter follow So just <clears throat> for um I don't know I just opened up um, my Twitter feed and they're at the top of it and I guess they have a 9 minute video clip um I thought that I thought video clips were like limited to two and a half or three minutes. I guess that just keeps growing. Yeah, it's they great. they yeah they keep moving it up because I'm looking at a, like a four or five minute clip of Draymond Green here. So that's great. So so they, so they clearly these guys live in Jacksonville. Yeah, and they get together. You know, after and I love that. I could I, I maybe I'm off the mark. I've never talked about it. Obviously, G Unit is in his own field. Man <laughs> of mystery, producer Joe. Gangster Pete, uh, former producers, you, of course, current producer. I would love to do something like that following big games. Yeah. Because, so, I, I, listen, you know, like the Blues playing the Coyotes for the seventh time. I'm not going to be like, hey, guys, we got to go do I, – I, I'm not doing that. I have no interest. And I'm not saying their people shouldn't do it. I'm just saying I wouldn't be any good at it. And I'm and, – and like the – you know, ran a random golf tournament, every golf tournament. I'm not going to do that. I might do it for DraftKings or gambling purposes, for NFL. Per- that with with guys who I can just bullshit with. Uh-huh. You know, I, that real that and can do it from my home. Now, in, the, in this, these guys' case, clearly they have. I don't know if it's somebody's house and they just have a studio set up there. I'm watching it right now. I love that, and it yeah. speaks to what I was just answering from uh, not caller Adam. You know, where you have a you know a a rapport with people, you know, the cat and Doug have their television responsibilities, so they're just not in a position to do it. And they might not be in a position just in general where they even want to do it. Um, but even if they wanted to do it, they have their television responsibilities. But to be able to just get together with people who you know you can bullshit with right away after an event and live stream that, I love that. I mean, that's that, to be real, 
transparent with people. It's part of our business model. You know, whatever direction we go, it's part of our business model. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's something that you you have to have something with a following, and then to be able to to utilize your main platform, i.e., TMA, to then promote the new products. So this podcast wouldn't have the downloads it has if I just started it completely out of nowhere. TMA was the the launching pad for this podcast. It'd be the same thing for that. So just to give you a little peek behind the uh, the curtains without having to sign an NDA, but I'm just I just happened to uh, to to uh, to like I said, open up Twitter after I uh, closed out my uh, restoration one of CentralStLouis.com bullet points, and I'm like, here it is, and it's a nine minute clip. I don't even know what they're talking about. Neil spends his unprecedented fourth straight week in the pouch of misery while Tron has some sanctions imposed for improper calculation. That plus some picks. Uh, so I guess it's, oh, this is their thing that they do, and it's sponsored by DraftKings. So good for them. Yeah. I mean, they definitely. have a huge following now. I don't know how many mm-hmm. followers they have. They um, have. Quarter of a million. Yeah. Sheesh. And I, and I enjoy listening. Look, for real, it's a podcast when I'm running or doing whatever the hell I'm doing, working out on Mondays or even Sunday nights, I will listen to their podcast. So to go back to it, you know, I did that with um, the 2019 Cardinal postseason, which only featured nine games, but I just wanted to see if there was a market for it. And I liked doing it, but it was me by myself in my basement, or I think Anna Marie and I went to two games, and so two of the seven I was in the back of an Uber just interacting with people. I would love to be able to do, like, I just feel like that's kind of the vibe of pick six. Yeah. You know, and just to be able to bullshit and I don't know, I kind of like that. So I see that and it makes me think of doing that. And now, you know, these guys are all doing it in a studio. But with Zoom, yeah, you can it's do just it like, whenever. all right. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. That's so there Whenever is. I listen to podcasts, that's what I look for, like camaraderie and just like chemistry between everyone on it. Because if it's like a structured thing where it's, you know, they stay on topic and stuff, not as interested. But if it's like, hey, we're going to talk about some shit and if we get around to what the topic is we get around to it yeah and i just think right after something it's got it's just you know it's got uh i mean this what i'm saying right now is you know for the people who are part of my investment group or people who are going to be part of my investment group they've already seen the cash flow projections for five years out with you know this is already part of it it's been it's been part of it for a while um so that's nothing new but um but when I happened to, but it was always more of a, it was just, it was different. Cause I mean, even in 2019, when I was doing it, when the Cardinals were playing the Braves and then that magical NLCS against the Nationals mm. in which they scored, what, like three runs or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, holy shit. What did they score in that series? Uh, I think I saw all of the runs in game two. That was the one I was at and they scored a couple runs. But anyway, um, even then, like what, what people are doing now, whether it be with YouTube or with Zoom and the ability to, post these things on social media it just it wasn't there and that was 16 months ago it's just so great to see this you know and it's just happening so quickly you can't keep up with it when i was doing the mevo cameras down here and i know we talked about this last week that was like wow what are these mevo cameras you can do this and now it's like i look at those mevo cameras they're in my storage room in st louis i'm like it's like looking at like a nintendo yeah seriously it's just so it's so obsolete and so yeah. outdated, and and my son, who's three, he was alive when I was doing that, and it's obsolete. It's just great how quickly it's changing. I love it, and I see this, and it just makes my uh, you know I used to say lesbianism makes my synapses fire, and don't get me wrong, it still does. <laughs> um, but 
the chances for lesbianism in my life are incredibly low. The chances of this actually being a part of my life at some point in the near future is uh, is high. So anyway, that just to, to give you one of the many revenue streams in our business model, that's uh, that's one of them. And and I don't really even hesitate to talk about it because it's like, well, you know, if somebody's like, oh, I'll replicate what they're talking about doing, get, you know, have at it. You probably don't have the following we have, so you know, rip it off. Yeah, good luck. Um, let's see what we got, uh, on the next one. Oh, this was the one that I was deep teasing and then I got distracted when I saw the, uh, no laying up, um, thing. Tim, uh, this was the guy who wanted our porn instruction or porn recommendations. Mm-hmm. Tim felt the need to follow up after the discussion in QFTA in the show. I guess I felt the need to address a few things that were brought up. I can assure you that I am legit. My wife and I have been married for nine years We got married when we were 22. We already had a child at that point and had lived together since we were 20. We unfortunately ended up separating for close to three years after our second daughter was born. We both had relationships with other people in that time but never got divorced. We decided to give it another shot, and it took a lot of counseling. We still have monthly counseling sessions to this day as we want our relationship to be as strong as it can be. This probably all seems like too much information, but I want to assure you that I'm legit. My wife and I do enjoy porn together. It's not something we need, but it is something we enjoy with one another. It's usually straight porn, but we will venture into lesbian porn, and my wife does enjoy the occasional MMF video. My honest point of emailing you was to see if you had experience with any of the subscription sites that were out there, (laughs) as it was something we were looking into. (laughs) That's almost as... Do you know anybody with tickets? <laughs> yeah. Of course I do. The answer is that is, of course I do. Uh, let's see. I lost my place. There, were, there weren't any paragraphs. It's just one. Uh, we enjoy the free sites, and we do search for the things we are into. I've actually used your suggestions in our searches several times. It sounded like <laughs> I'm honored. I'm, 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 I'm in this guy's bedroom. Um, it sounded like yours and Iggy's recommendation were to stick with that, and we will. I appreciate the discussion it generated between the podcast and the radio show. My wife and I are both 31 in our age range uh, and group of friends that are willing to discuss things. We know of two other couples who watch porn and defined definition of regular that was set on the podcast. And I think, Jackson, we said once a month. Yeah. That was our mm-hmm. definition of regular. I couldn't begin to assign a number on that percentage, but I would think the number would uh, be climbing. I agree with that. I said uh, we had emailed before. I sent an email at the beginning of the pandemic, chronically experiencing. Uh, I was having as manager of a grocery store. Um, you read that on the air, and it seemed to garner a positive reaction. I appreciated that at the time. I do apologize for the long email. As I said, I may have gone into too much detail at certain points, but I appreciate your time. Um, so, uh, there is the, uh, the follow-up on it. I gotta be honest with you. I feel like that one, like, was a lot of detail. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe I'm going to email him and make sure that this is for QFTA. So before you post Jackson, yeah, yeah I'll, 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 you'll have to get the green light from me on this one because I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if when he, if it's got QFTA in the thread, I read it. Yeah. But I feel like that was so specific that, you know. Nor did he, he ask a, another question, really. Yeah, it just was kind of a, but establishing the premise of their relationship. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think probably the younger the couple, the more porn they're watching. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Now, what is your reasoning for that? I know my reasoning, but what is your reasoning? Um, I just think that people are more, younger people are more open with 
what they want sexually because people, you know, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TV shows, movies, sexuality isn't a stigma for both females and males. Whereas like it was a, used to be, or at least my impression was what you talked about sexually stayed in the bedroom. And now with the growth of call or daddy, but that's just one example people are more open to talk about their sexuality outside of the bedroom. Therefore it has created less of a stigma and people are just more comfortable in general talking about sexuality. Yeah, The word you just used, it was the word I was thinking the whole time was comfortable. I just think people are comfortable, you know, Mm -hmm. I know. And I said this, I think in response to this gentleman's email last week, but maybe it was another, maybe it was Mr. Smith's email a few weeks ago. Um, But I don't equate and I think this, and, and, and I think, and listen, I think that the, I don't think this is something like everybody in their teens and twenties has been liberated from, because maybe people who are in their teens and twenties would not consider it to be a liberation and actually a, a, a the incorrect path. But I don't equate sex to love, mm-hmm. so they can they not only can they they do exist in two separate realms, and it's not even it's not even a sweat, but. If you have been raised to um, save yourself for marriage, I would imagine that is not the mindset. And you can certainly have that opinion or that upbringing and be, you know, 18, 20, or, you know, 15 years old even, whatever the case might be, and not have that mindset. So youth is not, or youth or being of age is not is not the, the defining characteristic um and i'm sure there are people who are in their 60s 70s or people who are older and passed away whatever the case might be who had the mindset who have the mindset and it just so i think a lot of it has to do with upbringing and but my upbringing probably would have fallen into that category but then as you grow up perhaps you find that it does work for you or you go oh that was just like you know it's kind of like the tooth fairy it's like oh Mm -hmm. Why the hell did I think that? I'm kind of embarrassed that I thought that because it's obviously such, you know, it doesn't, it's not real. So I, I was living, you know, something that wasn't real. So, you know, when it gets down to it, I think, I think at the core of it for your relationship, your partner, that as long as you're on the same page, then you're, then you're good. So if you are in a, what one may consider to be an open or more progressive view of a relationship, then God bless, it's just going to be in everybody's best interest if you're both on the same page. And then, of course, on the other side of things, if you are in the save yourself for marriage thing or just conservative and it's just the two of you and only the two of you and even masturbation is cheating, then, you know, then ideally you're on the same page there as well. Um, But I think, I don't know, man, I'm telling you, I really do, I, I mean, maybe it's just because I wasn't aware of it because I was so young, but I just feel like the view on sexuality now in 2021 versus even 2001 is so different, but in a, from my standpoint, good way. Now, I'm sure there's some people who would be socially conservative would say this is hideous, but I guess what I would say to that is, well, then, then you don't have to worry about participating in yeah. it. But, like, even a decade ago, 
I don't think now in Europe it might be a different deal, but in the United States, like anal sex, you know, just wasn't really talked about. And now I feel like it's it's kind of like celebrated. Yeah, celebrate. That's a perfect word. It's not the word I was going to go with, but it is the perfect word. And you know, it's great. I, but again, of course, every every everything that I have has the official disclaimer. As long as everybody is cool with it in yeah. in in the relationship or the the group or whatever the hell the deal is, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's wonderful. And I think it's he- I think it's healthy as fuck because I just keep going back to. You could have the greatest relationship in the world, but biochemically, we are not programmed to have passionate sex with the same person for forever. It's just not the way that it works. And I want to emphasize this. Unfortunately, I think it would be wonderful. I guess I think it would be wonderful. I don't know. It doesn't fucking matter. It'd be like, it'd be great if I had a you know a full head of hair. It isn't happening. So I, you know, there's no point in having a hypothetical on it. But I don't think that that's going to. I guess it would be wonderful if that were the case. I suppose it would simplify things. Uh, you certainly would have a hell of a lot less divorce, and that's a positive. So, um, yeah, I, so good. I just, yeah, I think the younger, so I think there's an indirect correlation with age and porn watching. That's what I think. And Jackson, we're on the same page. And we're both on the same page for the reasoning, and that is comfort level. Um, yeah. But I still would be curious on the. I want. I'm sure I can look it up. While I'm babbling on about something, why don't you see if you can get a number? Even though, and even though, how the hell we know it's accurate? But like a poll on couples watching stag together, I'd be really curious. Yeah. All right. Next question, and uh, then I'll circle back and see if you could find anything. Um, this is long, and I saved it, so it must be good. Um. Oh yeah, this is good. Uh, Tim, I wanted to start off by saying that I hope all is well with you and your family down in Florida and that you're enjoying what is most likely beautiful weather. I wanted to ask you about something that has affected my life for the better and no doubt many others during these challenging times. While COVID has certainly had many negative impacts on all of us, one of the many major positive impacts, in my opinion, or one of the major positive impacts, I should say, many major would be misrepresenting the email. One of the major positive impacts, in my opinion, is that many of us have now proven how productive we can be while working from our homes. My employer, which is a large employer here in St. Louis, has had us working from home since March of last year. And productivity hasn't slipped at all. And honestly, it may have gotten a little bit better than it was when all of us were in the office. When we do return to the office, it will most likely be a hybrid work environment where we're only in the office a couple days a week and are working from home the other days. It appears gone are the days where people need to be in the office five days a week. I think one complaint that some people have had about working from home has been the lack of in-person collaboration, but with the advent of applications such as Zoom and Microsoft Teams, meetings and information gathering sessions can be held just as they were in the past. I consider myself an extrovert and enjoy interacting with people in person, but I have to admit I like the fact uh, I like the fact of being able to work at home where there are no distractions and I don't have to deal with all the office small talk. Plus, I feel like I can work at all times of the day because I'm not worried about scrambling to get home to my family in the evening. I've said all of this to say, I've said all of this to say, do you see employers having a large percentage of their employees working from home as the way of the future? It certainly saves on leasing office space and allows you to recruit talent from all over the country as opposed to just the St. Louis area. I know you enjoy being able to live in Florida and do your radio show from there, which is fantastic. I myself would 
Uh, love to move to Scottsdale and just work from home and enjoy year-round warm weather. I certainly am glad I'm not in the commercial real estate business right now, but really do see working from home as the future of our working environment and would love to get your take. All the best, Derek from St. Louis. Um, my fast answer on this is yes. This is the, There is no going back to what it was before March of 2020 um, in a variety of different ways. But this one, if you were to say, if this were like a family feud question, top five ways the world has changed and will not go back to pre-COVID 2020 pandemic levels, mine would be um, going into the office. That would be my number one answer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think masks are going to be around, um, not like you will have to have them, but I think you'll see people, I think I will see people wearing masks in the United States for the rest of my life. And again, I want to make, when I say that, I'm not saying to the level we're seeing now, but just like occasionally you would see video of, you know, um, some some location in Asia yeah, and people are wearing masks. And that all comes from, uh, what was it? Was that SARS, Jackson? Yeah, it, SARS is the, that's the what hit. COVID is. It's the, I don't know. I, I don't want to. Yeah, but they, 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 were, they, were, they were hit hard there. And I believe yeah. that, I, th- I mean, listen, I could be talking completely out of my ass, but I think that's the reasoning for it. So they might not, not might not be peaking, but that people just got used to it. And that, and in and, and talking with doctors, they're like, yeah, the masks aren't going away. Yeah. And I know that gets some people who are, you know, hypersensitive about masks going, oh, well, fuck that. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you're going to see people with masks. Down here, down here right now, it, if you're outside, you just don't see people with masks. I mean, you just don't. You will see occasionally. Uh, I don't want to say it like that. You will see a lot of people without masks. That's that's a better representation of it. Mm-hmm. But it is not. You know, it is not uncommon. Double negative. Therefore, it is common to see crowded space, especially with young people, and nobody's wearing a mask. And I'm talking in February of 2021. That is something I would say is going to be around. Um, what, what other changes of the pandemic do you think will stick, Jackson? Certainly Zoom is here to stay. Those yeah, kinds of Zoom meetings. for sure. Uh, the rise of uh, mobile ordering of things, whether that be online shopping, uh, like Iggy does, the grocery store pickups, yeah. the DoorDash, Uber Eats, all of that will grow exponentially to a point where, you know, People going into a restaurant to get takeout will be less likely than someone getting it on DoorDash. Or yeah, so, and it's interesting because, I mean, I had been doing that. The cat would love to give me shit about that. that but <laughs> I, I had been doing it anyway mm-hmm. well before. And I did it. I, I God, I guess I did it going back a decade now because a friend of mine who lived on the Upper East Side in Manhattan is like, oh, I don't leave my place. And I go, he goes, yeah, so they just send the meal up the elevator and, you know, I just walk out to get it and... You know, I don't leave my place. I'm like, well, what is this? This is great. You know, now I'm doing this in St. Louis, which is just ridiculous. But, <laughs> you know, if I didn't want to leave the house back in the day when I was playing poker and, you know, couldn't leave the house because I'm in a tournament, uh, that's how I got on it. But now it's it's to the point of being commonplace. Um, I think it was, I think Postmates was bought by Uber Eats recently. I think that's what the, the direction of the transaction was. The handshake, I think, is... Yeah. Gonzo, I think it, it's drastically reduced at the very least. Uh, the fist bump was already prominent. We'll increase um, streaming services being kings as yeah, opposed absolutely. to like absolutely like studios are going to be like making deals with 
streaming services when it comes to distributing uh, distributing rights, like instead of name your production studio or movie theater chain. Right. And, and also speaking of that, I think I will at some point, I don't know, you know, what the situation will be. And by that, I mean, I don't know where I will necessarily be living, whether it be our home in St. Louis or um, if we were to live here for part of the year, I don't know what we're going to do, but just in general but that, you know, I was talking with an engineer. He's like, yeah, you probably ought to build a home studio, mm. you know, and just kind of have like, you know, what you see when guys pop up on ESPN, you just have that. Yeah. Um, that's, that's something that's coming. But as far as the, the broader com- commercial, um, real estate market question and, and people going into the office it's not going it's not coming back it's just not coming back and i and i also think it's a good thing because I, I think that what the thought process was for people and somebody says they're working from home that's like oh that means they're taking the day off yeah and now you can see that i like i personally like it now what i do and have done for almost all of my career has been a radio show so it's a different deal. I've always been a believer you could do this, you know, remotely assuming everybody was on the same technology. Like as we're talking today, Doug and Iggy were on the phone, and that's a little different than if Doug were on a Comrex unit and Iggy were on a Comrex unit because then we're all in the same technology. It yeah, sounds you wouldn't even know. Be, you would, yeah, you wouldn't know. I mean, you just wouldn't. It's like when Lee Sands with us. Mm-hmm. But for for. This stuff, I mean, as far as commercial real estate office space, yeah, I think I think it's good to have a headquarters and people can come in, not come can come in. I would want people to come in at least once a week, probably twice a week, but for meetings, face-to-face meetings, I think that is important. But it's interesting, one of the things that Derek brought up in his email was expanding the hiring pool beyond St. Louis. Um, I don't know for what we would be doing if that necessarily makes sense, but at the same time, I don't know that it wouldn't make sense. I haven't thought of it, so that made me think of it. And the other thing is, and I was talking about my friend who you know lived in the Upper East Side. I just you know, and I was—I think I've said this on the podcast, the radio show. I never fucking know. I feel like I've said it. Maybe it was just a, just bullshitting with somebody. But I was playing golf with somebody, and we got done. He lives in New York. Well, his, his office is in New York. He works for. Uh, well, I don't know if I don't say we works for it doesn't matter, but, um, and I said, "Sorry, things in the city." He goes, "Oh, because it'll be a, it'll be a decade until New York's back, a decade. It is, it is just not happening." And people, people might want to. You know, I know Jerry Seinfeld was really passionate and wrote an op-ed for the New York Times, like New York City's not gone; it can't be gone. It's just, you know, it's different. Yeah, and 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 the amounts of money landlords were able to you know charge it's just it's a different world and so the thing about here um my real estate agent who's a friend of mine um it's adam long's dad uh gordon long who i play with uh down here but good amount um he sent me something over the weekend just bullshitting just texting and it was a fox business article to pull this up um Let's see what it was titled. New Yorkers are fleeing to Palm Beach and New York City businesses are following. So it's one thing, and I read the article, so it's one thing if people just relocate and they can work remotely. What's going on now because of the restrictions of New York versus how open Florida is? And I'm telling you, it is, it would, it would, it would, even, I mean, for a New Yorker, it's got to be an absolute, you know, culture shock. Yeah. 
for a Californian it would be, but even for somebody, you know, such as myself coming down here from St. Louis, it is, it's just, you know, I don't, I don't want to call it a free-for-all. In the article, they use the term wild, wild west, but it is, it is definitely noticeable. And I'm the one who goes, God, I don't know if I'm personally comfortable with, you know, because it's just like people are just out like it's kind of like not a big deal. They may be wearing masks. They may be not. We go to this thing in Abacoa. Abacoa is the area where uh, the Cardinals, that's where Roger Dean Stadium is. They have mm-hmm. this food truck Friday thing. And we went up there on this past Friday. And it certainly isn't as intensely attended as it has been the past couple of years. But it's still full. And I would say 50% of the people wearing masks, 50% aren't. But now with people moving and moving their businesses down here, that's the thing that really could change the game. And so the, the mindset of real estate, both in New York and here, has been, well, people will return to New York. And this market has topped out. And I remember this time last year, people were saying, oh, the market's at a high. You don't want to do anything right now because the market's at a high. Well, the market from a price perspective might, might be at its ceiling, but I'm actually saying what its ceiling has been historically, but I think there is a possibility. And actually, I would bet on this all day long. I really do that the ceiling is about to go up. And so it really isn't a ceiling. It is a past ceiling, but I think it is going to go up. And I think that's because I think a lot. This has been an eye-opening thing. I think it's a great thing for St. Louis. It's a different situation than Florida, of course, with the weather. But you, you don't have to spend the asinine amounts on cost of living in order to have the jobs that New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco whatever, Dallas, Denver, I don't know, whatever other ones you would throw in there with the cost of living. Um, it, 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 it's, I think that's over. I don't think we're turning back on that, and I, and I don't know why we would. So from my standpoint, I would equate it to the Sunday morning a couple of weeks ago when P. Reed was leading and he was in the, the source of all the controversy um, from – picking up his ball and it was an embedded ball and people are like oh my god he's such an asshole he's gonna crumble because he's i'm like no that's what this guy does when he is in the source of the controversy he loves it and then he wins he just he just like gets off on it and then he's like sociopathically beats the shit out of the field and i'm like god i gotta bet on patrick reed because i know he's going to win i've seen this song and dance before i know what happens he he thrives on it i am obligated to bet on it and I did. And I would tell the same story if he didn't win, but it you know, that that was my that was my thought process. That's how I feel about this. I almost feel obligated to to bet on these these intuitions. And I guess if you listen to this podcast, you know my intuitions are pretty decent. It's more often politically, but I just think that, that we're not turning back. Mm-mm. And, 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 and again, I think some of this is good. Now, of course, you don't want the loss of life in order to get to these, you know, advancements, progressions. That's not what you want. But I think a lot of things that have been dogmatic, people are now going, oh, why did we do that? Why did we pay something that would be the equivalent of like four months worth of a mortgage in St. Louis, depending on where you're living in Manhattan, to rent when I can live in St. Louis but have a job that's based out of New York? 
And then the people in New York might go, okay, now we can be based here, but we don't have to pay the employees the cost of living adjustment because they have to live in Manhattan. I just don't see it changing. And then for the people who hate the cold, and on the other side of it, you know, people who hate the warm, but, you know, I think there's more people who hate the cold than hate the, the heat, they can go, okay, we don't have to live there. Fuck living in Chicago winter. Or fuck paying 4500 a month for, you know, 1,000 square feet in Manhattan to rent. Or fuck the politics of take your pick of whatever place it is. Whatever it is. So I just think places like, especially here, like exactly here actually, but then I, it, it just moves up the coast more and more north. I'd bet on this all day long. Now, I don't think it's an obvious bet because, again, the people who live here go, oh, the market's at the peak, and I just think it's going to go up. But Scottsdale, Phoenix, there's plenty of room at the end there. And I know it's, I know that's thriving. Um, Austin, these warm-weather cities. Now, Austin's already been flooded, but these warm-weather cities, and, I, and I'd have to think of like what would be one that isn't as obvious as like a Palm Beach, Jupiter, Scottsdale play. Is there another one that's warm weather action, Jackson? Maybe like a Fort Myers? Yeah. Uh, When I was living down in Fort Myers, people from the Midwest came in droves, man. Was Was that to vacation or was that to relocate? To live from, you know, November till March. Yeah. Yeah, right around then. And they would, I mean, that was, there was, they described it as in season. So that time, that winter time was in season and the summertime and fall was out of season. So the thing with, you know, because I actually had this conversation with Mazalok. This was a couple of years ago. We were just bullshitting before one of our podcast sessions in his office at Roger Dean. And I said, oh, I'd love to live down here. He goes, really? And I go, oh, God, yeah. I'm like, I'm surprised, like, I'm surprised at your reaction. He goes, have you ever been down here during, like, the summer? And I go, you know, I guess I, ha- well, I, guess I have. I mean, I have by definition, but it's been a long time. But I know plenty of people who did live in St. Louis who now live down here, and they're just like, yeah, it's it's hot. And guess what? So is St. Louis. Yeah, shit. Uh, the difference with this is at like 4 o'clock every day it rains, yeah. and then it's a sauna. Even so now. hot. Yeah. It gets and so it's hot. The, it's the humidity then because it's it's, it's just like cooks. And even yeah. now, because it, like, it was like 88 degrees yesterday, and I know nobody in St. Louis wants to hear it. <laughs> I'm not saying it through the taunting thing. I'm just talking about my current life experience here and it would rain it would rain like every 15 minutes and i'd be like oh my god it is just absolutely cooking yeah it's crazy i mean there had to be a hundred degree difference as far as how it felt it here and felt in st louis you know the wind chill in st louis was what minus 15 or something like that minus 20 when i woke up this morning it was minus 18 oh my god and then yesterday it was like legitimately hot and I had a black hat on and black shorts and people I think were looking at me like I was fucking weird and my car's black and all the cars down here, not all the cars, but most of the cars down here are white. It's not a coincidence because it gets so damn hot. But what would you rather have? It'd be brutally hot in the summer and then just incredible in shit, October to, you know, April. I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. And I just think you're going to see... So I take it beyond what your question is, Derek, which is commercial real estate and people working from home. I take it... I, I, think, that's a, I think that's a two-foot putt. That's happening. That's happening. And, and people in commercial real estate can say it's not happening. It might be like people in local TV going, oh, no, we'll be fine. It, 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 you can tell yourself that all day long. It's over. It's over. doesn't mean it's completely over. 
it'll still exist, but it just is it's not going to exist like it did before March 2020. Um it just isn't. I don't know. I mean, I just, I mean, and if I'm wrong, be more than happy to acknowledge I was wrong. Furthermore, though, I think you're going to have people and and I say it's a good thing for St. Louis just in a different way. I think a lot of people who went from college to Chicago, but they were raised in St. Louis, will be more apt to return to St. Louis, but still be working for these Chicago-based or take your pick of whatever the city-based companies. Do you see that at all? I mean, Jackson, I know you're on the really early side of it. Yeah, I have Um, friends in Chicago. Are they talking about moving back? They really like it. Um, They're (laughs) Not, yeah, see, they're not, see, they're, 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 it's such a difference, though, even between twenty two and twenty eight. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. It's so, like it's it so yeah, and I don't know if they, I don't know if they'll feel that way. Cause they probably have roommates, and they're fine with like splitting rent with however many people. Uh-huh. But then you get in a relationship, you may get married, or you're either way, you're just living with somebody, and then it's like, oh no, I got my buddy here. He's single, and he's you know in a totally different place. Or now, or I'm the single guy, and my roommate's got a girlfriend and she's over all the time whatever it is and that's how that's how it changes and that's Uh how it changes and that 22 to 28 is a big big spot um so yeah yeah, i mean i was with um how with some people uh a couple weeks ago and um she works she's from she's from st louis but working in california but relocated down here and it's like yeah i'm never going back to la never Never happening, mm-hmm. and and a, and by the way, a bunch of my friends are n- we're just never going back. It's not even a, it's a disaster in California, a disaster in California. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know. It's almost like they're keeping it a secret how big of a disaster it is in California. You said it's it's an absolute disaster. So she's here, and just wants to continue to be here, and it's just the way. I mean, it's like and you kind of go, why wouldn't you be here? That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, don't know sure. why you wouldn't be. If you if your if your ability to perform is not impacted in any way by where you live, then why wouldn't you live exactly where you want to live? Now, I will try to answer that family. That would that's that's because I'm answering it from my own perspective. My family, my brothers and sister and my parents live in St. Louis and they are all not going to relocate. Um I suppose, you know, I guess at some point we will go back to doing some events and I, I'd come back for those. But, you know, I fucking hate the cold. I fucking hate it. And it's and, and the thing that I have said so often on this podcast and, and, and really when I was saying this in 2017, when we started the podcast, I hadn't started doing this every winter is it's like okay if you if you think about it mathematically if you acknowledge at the very least that November to through March and I think we kind of jerk ourselves off in St. Louis and go oh, it's going to start getting good in March Iggy's doing that on the radio show right now <laughs> <laughs> like well, yeah. we'll be in March and it's it's like it's it's not it's, it doesn't work that way no. April doesn't even necessarily work that way no. it's May so if but if, if, but even on the okay we'll just do four months for the sake of it for the sake of it even though I think we all would agree that it's more than four months but November December January and February are brutal and they're gray and cold and windy and rainy or snowy and freezing rain and you really don't leave the house and if part of the way you are happy is getting outside then a third of your life is not going to be at uh, functioning optimally so why the fuck would you do it 
and that's and I know it may sound blunt, and I think and I think one of the things there might be some resistance to that thought is there it's associated with money and the ability to do it, but I think that's a, I think it's a misnomer. I mean the the, the mis, listen I mean you know certainly around here and Palm Beach, Palm Beach, Palm Beach, Palm Beach. I'm not talking about Palm Beach County as a whole. But Palm Beach is a different world of wealth. That's a different. It's an absolute different world of wealth. You feel like you are in a some kind of movie that's like making fun of wealth. It's so opulent. Mm-hmm. But you do not have to be a millionaire to live down here at no. all, at no. all. And and so I think that's a misnomer. Um, and I think it's also a misnomer that it's just old people, you know, who have relocated. It's just not the way that it is. And so what I think you're going to see. And I was, I've been saying this for a few years because people are just working remotely, but it was more in tech that now with, with Zoom, commercial real estate and, and jobs, I think you're going to find people, especially when you factor in taxes um, and no state income tax, going, fuck it, why? Yeah, let's move down there. And who was it? I don't know if I was just reading something or like a bunch of people who were friends relocated to Alpha Scottsdale or down here. And it's just like, yeah, my but yeah, I guess it was probably that article that Gordon sent me. It's like, yeah, we've re- we've turned it into like New York South. You know, we've moved down here, and it's just great. We're experiencing like a rebirth because we're all down here. We're it's for New York. It's a third, a thirty three percent reduction in cost of living to move down here, and all of our friends from the New York area are, are down in in Florida, and we're able to actually see each other and want to be outside in the cold weather months. So. I, I, I sometimes have tiptoed around it because I know, I mean, first off, the unrelatable thing. Well, that was just one guy. But secondly, I think that there's a connotation, and I just think it's a – and I think if you looked into the number – Doug talks about it every once in a while uh, – that you can live affordably down here. Oh, yeah. You know? And I'm not talking about like, oh, you're going to have to cut – no. And, and I think it's only going to – I guess my, my, my analogy for it would be like – I don't know when I don't know when St. Charles started up and really but I mean St. Charles is booming now it's Wentzville it just kept moving and keeps moving west I think that's going on to an extent in Florida and Florida obviously you run into the Everglades and so you can only go so far west mm-hmm. uh, if you're on this side of the state or east if you're on uh, you know the Gulf side but now it's north uh, it just keeps moving up up the coast and so from my standpoint I'd be buying, buying, buying. I would have said this a year ago, pre-pandemic. Now, seeing what's going on, I'd be buying it up all day long. And I just think that's where things are going. Now, maybe I'm off the mark on it. It's not like I'm going to be doing it, but that's what I thats what I think. I think it's going. And yeah. I think it's a good thing, by mm-hmm. the way. Because I think, because it just, I mean, the misery, I have so many people, I, I did a Zoom, Jackson, as I said, before we started this thing, and it's like, I, and the person, one of the persons on, people on the call goes, I am so jealous. I go, well, it's pouring down rain. He goes, I don't want to hear it. And I, like, yeah, I mean, and I understand that. Um, and it's like, well, what's the weather like down there? And I'm like, well, you know, it's it's this. I'm like, and I'm like fuck you. And I'm like, well, you asked. <laughs> Seriously, you want, me, <laughs> yeah. want me to lie? <laughs> I don't know. You asked. But you can do it, too. Yeah, exactly. You know? Now you can now you can do it too, and but it's not about I make this much money, so that's why I'm doing it. I, I, first off, now listen, the game changes when my son is of school age. That's a, that's a different that's that's what throws the wrench in it. And I mm-hmm. might be the one jealous of you, Jackson, if you're doing this. But 
my premise is you can do this and you can do it affordably. But I would tell you this, I think you got to do it, actually got to do it now if you can do it now, because I think it's going to, I think it's going to increase because you're going to have a lot of people who have, because they're making more in New York, not because people are smarter, but because it pays more in New York. And so you're dealing with more dollars volume wise that you can spend uh, than somebody who's in, a, in an area where it doesn't pay as much, like a St. Louis, for example. That doesn't mean the people are superior. It just is it's just math. But I think the pandemic and Zoom has created a scenario in which people would be positioned to wherever it is. It doesn't have to be Florida. I think Scottsdale's one. Just warmer weather. It doesn't even have to be as far south as Scottsdale or, um, you know, Fort Myers or whatever, Lauderdale or Palm Beach Gardens, Jupiter, Stewart, Hope Sound, whatever it's going to be, uh, Jacksonville, shit, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, I'm, I'm anxious to see what plays out. And the one that I, like I said, what's going to pop up? 20 years ago, Austin was like the 60th TV market in the country. When I started in Little Rock, it was a bigger TV market than Austin. And now Austin is just climbing. It might be a top 25 market here within 15 years. Mm-hmm. It was the 60th. So my question is, what's the next Austin? The action is finding what it is way before everybody else does. And I'm telling you, and maybe I'm off on this, and this won't be as easy as like winter is coming and we'll be able to see if I was right on that one a few months later. This one's a, this one's a long play. But there's going to be another city, and it's going to have to be in a warm weather spot, I think, and it's going to just absolutely explode. And maybe it already has happened and I haven't mentioned it yet, but that is going to happen, and it might be in a, you know... Alabama or Georgia or something like that, but it is going to happen. And I think it's going to be a byproduct of the pandemic and people being able to work remotely, which is what Derek asked. Now, he was asking just flat out about working, you know, from home, which I am all for. I would be more efficient. If I had a nine to five job, I'd be more efficient for what I'm wanting to do and what I do do already. It is a great thing to just be able to, to pop up and just do a show whenever. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Um, but if you're working nine to five, that I think, yeah, because you're like, oh, I'm already home. I can get another couple hours in. You know, the kids have, you know, this going on right now, and I can work. And I didn't work from three to five, but now I can work from, you know, whatever, five to seven or something like that. So it's a great question. Big fan of the question. I don't know. I'd be curious what other people think on this one um, because I, th- I feel like it's obvious that it's going to happen. But I don't necessarily hear a lot of people saying that it's obvious. So maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I think people are holding out hope for, you know, especially if you're like a New Yorker born and bred, that <clears throat> your city's not just going to kind of fall apart. But I'm with you that event like warm weather cities where you can work remotely. I mean, if I had to put any action out, North Carolina in general. Uh, it's a nice play because economics it's like the hub of finance already in charlotte and you know i used to vacation to north carolina all the time the outer banks out there it's gorgeous it's a wonderful place man so like yeah i'm you know and nashville kind of has had its moment and i don't know if this pandemic has helped or hurt it because part of nashville's luster is the night scene you know the mm-hmm. nightlife but it's a warmer weather, warmer than St. Louis. It's not, you know, like Florida warm, but 
cities like that are on the rise, whereas cities 10 years ago that were on the rise, like Seattle, which is now a higher cost of living, is probably lower. And Vegas, which is on the rise, is probably getting higher because of the warm weather and the nightlife. So it kind of combines that both the good things about Seattle and Nashville and kind of puts into one all in the warm weather climate. Yeah, but the thing about, like, there's a a bit of a, you know, it's like there's a big difference between even Hilton Head and here, for example, because my family will spend some time there during the winter, my parents. And it's yeah, my mom. I'm like, she would have been in heaven if we would have gone down there in January. If they would have been down there in January, just to be able to spend time with us, and mainly, I'm sure, way more so than me, her grandson. <laughs> um, and she's like, yeah. The thing is, I've been down there, and it's just it's not nearly as warm. Oh yeah, you know, it's it, it's a big, cold it's in the a, winter. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So I'm talking about Year my round. actions going further south, and I and I, and I guess it's got to be something in Arizona. Yeah. I don't know if like an Al- I don't, I don't, I have Albuquerque. I'm just thinking south, but it's not necessarily warm there. I've been no. there in March. And, um, but not California. I think I was to Florida play. Yeah. I don't ever, know where it would be in Florida. Naples. I don't, I don't, Fort Myers? What's yeah, that? Fort Myers or Naples, Marco Island. But Naples is just small and kind of upper. Yeah, you know, it is. Fort Marco Myers. Island's even more upper <laughs> yeah. crust. Uh, so I feel like it's got to be like a city. You know what I mean? Fort so Myers, Port Charlotte, those kind of areas. Yeah, that's that to me is that's that's I'd be curious. I'd actually Daytona on the East Coast side. Yeah, I, yeah. My parents that's were just in St. Augustine. That's a really beautiful area. St. Augustine is what between Jacksonville and, and Daytona? Daytona. Yeah, it's right in that little area, and it's right on the ocean. It's beautiful. That would be that's the kind of move that I think I would put my action on. Yeah. I mean, listen, the ones that are established are established, and maybe people are just going to keep moving north of here, but just another city that's about to blow up. I just feel like it's inevitable because people are just be like, "Fuck this!" I mean, why are we sitting in our houses, and then we got a shovel and got to slide around on ice and can't go outside? Our kids are trapped in here. This is fucking miserable. We're going now again for me too. Your family—that's that's a big thing. I think, though, you know, for a lot of people in St. Louis, everybody lives in the same city. For a lot of people who don't live in St. Louis, everybody's spread out all over the country, so you're mm-hmm. not dealing with that mitigating factor as much. So, I don't know. But I, I, it was a good question. I took it in a direction. Um, I, I mean, it's a lock from my standpoint. People are going to be working from home, and I think it's a good thing. Hey, uh, if you're buying a house, getting married, or having a growing family, make sure your loved ones will be okay. If you don't make it home, call James Carlton at 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net to see just how inexpensive it is to protect your family through term life insurance. Although the worst is unlikely, none of us would leave the driveway without strapping our little tykes into a car seat. Life insurance is no different. Although it's not likely that you don't make it home tonight, it's not a risk worth taking when it comes to providing for your loved ones. State Farm is the number one provider of term life insurance in the U.S. Call James Carlton at 314-961-4800 or apply online at carltoninsurance.com. Net. James Carlton, a wonderful sponsor of the Tim McKernan Show podcast, just like Ryan Kelly at thehomeloanexpert.com, just like Mark Hanna at evergreenwealthstrategies.com, evergreenstl.com, I should say, evergreenwealthstrategies, Seth Goldcamp, designairservice.com, Jamie Burkhart, and Clayton Patterson at Munganess, stlouisacura.com, stlouisacura.com, and altontoyota.com, and Jim Rogers of restorationone.com, along with the great James Carlton of carltoninsurance.net. Always appreciate the questions. Uh, Jackson, I got through five. I got through five. Yeah. didn't get to all six. I will save them. I appreciate the questions. We had some diversity. Fire them in, man. Opinions, questions. You heard what we talked about. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Explain why. You know, 
attack mates, fine. Uh, Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. We're still doing sound stories as well. I neglected to mention that at the beginning. Um, MySoundStory.com is where you can find information or email me, Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.